tuned to 850 for Bob and Ray. Why? That's kind of an introduction I like. Why should we stop a listen to that two guys? You know what I mean? Excuse me, I thought I was on the wrong program. A beautiful story. That's a Colin Switzerland. That's a gorgeous thing, boy. A wonderful number. Why didn't somebody make a... Miss McGoon has. But more about that later. Right. Listen for full particulars. Just a teaser campaign now. Wait till this thing starts mushrooming. Oh, wait till this We'll be independently wealthy. And don't forget, we'll never be an easy touch. But enough of that. Let's have our regular theme, shall we? That's it. That's the theme I've come to know and love. It's the theme that's made me into one of the greatest persons who ever lived. And me too. Wilson is at the organ again today. Billy Green is at the piano. Uh, and that's about all. Well, all we have here, except the two of us. And we come cheap. Charlie McGoin is at the console once again. To the kind courtesy of IBEW. Right. We want to thank all those <laughs> fine fellows down there for sending him up here today on this particular program. I'd like to sing Once Upon a Winter Time. Right, and that'll be along about January. Oh. I thought you were going to do it right now. No, I don't. I don't have the thing down pat. He's not here, is he? I knew you'd say that. You're a real crumlet. Mm-hmm. I want to say hello to everybody and That's invite me. them out here into Radio Lane, where we gather up the uh, loose stitches and uh, roll up the rabbles, sleep of careless, and... And, uh... Well, finish it. You uh, started uh, it. Oh, I don't bother. Well, I'll tell you, let's have our... our 30 lost... days past September. No, this is better. Our lost dog announcement for the day. All right. I have a very good friend you're of mine. You're sincere now? Yeah, this isn't a guy. No, this is on a level. All right, leave us here. A friend of mine named Bob Evans works for one of the record companies here in Boston. This is on I fault. feel sorry for him. This is on fault. But anyway, he... Has, he doesn't want to work for a living. That's he okay. yesterday lost uh, a very beautiful tan and white collie dog who answers to the name of Busty. Oh, that's an original. He lost his... If you go out the back door and haul a buster, you'll have ten dogs on the porch. Well, the dog straight away... So for the... this, call him Rover. Well, he'll, he might come for Rover, but Buster is his name. Well, get a new name. Say, Sturdley. And he uh, was hey, straight away in the Roxbury Crossing area yesterday at 3 o'clock, Bob said. He has a Gardner, Massachusetts dog tag. I suppose that might be cheaper up there. You got New York plates on him? No. <laughs> but uh, someone might uh, be looking... Uh, he was wearing blue overalls and had a misty look in his eye when last seen. And he was yelling, <laughs> Bob, where are you? That's right. Well, if you see him, you let us know up here. Uh, there'll be a picture in tonight's paper, probably, of a cop giving uh, the dog an ice cream cone. And the dog will be wearing the cop's hat. His hat, yeah. And everyone will have a dickens of a time figuring which one is the cop. All right, so they might have the, they might have the dog sitting on the hood of a United States Army Jeep. That's another good one. That's a good way to tie in the <clears> service force. Then you can ask for recruiting. And when we tie in a bond drive some way? Well, we could have a poster in the back. Incidentally, we're a great idea, man. If any of you people out there need ideas, uh, we can give call you us ideas. up. Call up Idea Incorporated, care of us. Box right. 10, this station, and we uh, load it down with ideas. Oh, For instance, a here's a little gimmick we thought you might like to sell for the Christmas rush. It's a uh, tin teddy bear that answers to the name of Teddy. Right. In other words, a teddy tin... Right. Well, there is Teddy. a trade name for it. Oh. Didn't we have a trade name for it yesterday? The, uh, Tiny Teddy. Tiny Tim Tin Teddy Bear. That's the one. This is the original Tiny Tim Tin Teddy Bear, which can be obtained only. And uh, my announcer on the left is the only one that can say it. So repeat the name again. <laughs> Tiny right? Tim Tin Teddy Bear. So get in on this big offer. Tell them while they're red hot. Right. You can. Uh, there are a few territories open. 
But yeah. Guam, for instance, is still open. Right, and Alaska, too, is a, is a fertile territory for this particular item. And uh, both parts of Korea. Mm-hmm. And behold, just, uh, right to Tim Teddy Bear in care box 10. Tiny Tim, Tim, Tim Teddy, Teddy Bear. Excuse me, Bob, but where is your dentist located? Are you going to uh, play just one of those things today? I heard you rehearsing. What's that, for tomorrow? Oh, what is your special for tomorrow? Can you give us a preview of that? This is Ken and Bill. Turkish patrol from the... But you will be ready by tomorrow, I feel sure. Right. But, uh... Let us imagine ourselves in Madame Butterfly's house. All right, to appreciate this song better, or, or to get more out of it, let's all imagine that we're in Madame Butterfly's living room. <laughs> Somebody calls a screen door when it implies it's pouring in. We see... Who is that we see over there? That's Madame, uh... No, I believe that's that that Chinese advice giver. Oh, no, it isn't either. Isn't it him? (laughs) It better not be, or I'll leave. That's his name, it must be. Well, all right, here he is, friends. The great sage from out of the Orient, Mr. Lee. And his unoriginal, Bad Will Hour. All right, there. First problem, please. How can we get rid of this here character? I uh, see so you won't get rid of character. Uh, yeah, you. For me? Yeah, you You interrupt this program when every time we get serious and start talking about life. You always come life? along and interrupt it. Huh? What were you going to say about life? Oh, nothing much. Here's a letter I haven't opened. Who knows what's inside? Who knows what evil lurks in the mines? <laughs> this is nothing. Another what version of mule train. What's that? Another version of Mule Train. What's that about Mule Train? Hi, Mary. Hello, Bob. Well, it's What's just this? a release from a record company that says there's a new version of it coming out by some of the syndicators. Where do you see that? See right here. Oh, I'm on page two. Oh, yes. Are well, you really coming out so long? Are you really going to do this? Yes, I am, Bob. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You and But more about that later. Boy, you're really teasing the people. Today. There's a real teasing campaign going on, mm-hmm. believe you me. I'll tell you what, we have three commercials. Oh, they're off their rocker. Oh, indeed they are. We have three commercials. We might as well get one of them out of the way right here. Just a few satisfied women and men. Just a few over and over again. Milder, much milder, all smokers agree. Always by just a few ABC. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening so kindly and attentively to my rendition of Chesterfield over and over again. That's very good, Tex. Tell me, how's that thing catching on nice and Well, it's picking up sales down in Atlanta, I believe, Ray. Uh-huh. Have you given a copy to all this? They say audience? it's going big out in the Chicago area. Uh-huh. And well, we're putting them out in clean white cartons. It's short, though. Oh, you're talking about the cigarettes? The cigarettes that I work for. I was talking about this little discing you made for them. Well, that's going over big, too. I was wondering how the sales were on that. You're sending a copy to all commercial uh, commercial managers of radio stations? Right, uh, right, and also we're sending out uh, professional copies of orchestrations for big band outfits. And for those of you who are putting on minstrel shows this winter, you'll probably want to include the Chesterfield over and over song. Right. Simply address 
Chesterfield over and over, song arrangers, care of this station. And the 200 individuals will be glad to talk I to you. I doubt it will answer you. It might, though. It could very well. But now, enough of this. Falderall. Falderall. F-A-L-D. Ken Unbell play. Boys and girls, it's crunchy. It certainly is, and it's whipped to a whipped, creamy smoothness. And it's crummy. What do you... This is the bread account we have. Oh, yes, so get... What kind of bread? Crummy bread. All right, get crummy bread today. Ask your mom to get it for you tonight. Now to the crummy bread story. The crummy bread program starring Chief Warped Arrow. Called Chief Warped Arrow. <laughs> Blooded Sioux Indian roams the West in search of law and order, disguised as a Confederate general. His enemies know him by the bent arrows he flies. We see him riding along on his pinto, and he's talking to no one in particular. His friend, for goodness sake. He's talking to his friend, his faithful companion, the lone agent. Have you any plans, Kimosabi? I guess maybe you believe in... I am to masquerade as Confederate General, so my enemies won't know me. You are. You have... You have forced law and order into the Old West. I am going to bring law and order to the Old West. Excuse me, one of your gators is falling off. Where did you get that Confederate general's uniform? But enough of this. I got it in Richmond. I think we... Oh, look ahead. Richmond Brothers? Yes. I think we'd better pause here and make camp, or break camp. We've just camped overnight. No, let us make camp. Then I want you to ride ahead, alone agent. And it's dangerous? Very. Chief Warped Arrow? Very dangerous. I'll cover you with my warped bow. You're sure that 
Sharp bow will fire straight. Look over yonder by the clearing. That smoke signal. Will you put the cameras around to pick up that smoke signal? Let me see what it says. C-H-E-F. Chef, what could that mean? Not Chesterfield, certainly. No, it means only that the Indians are on the warpath. I must stop my people from making war. Here, I'll run. Wait a minute, Chief. Indians don't make noise when they run. Oh, that's right. Remember, oh. you're, you've got your sneakers on. Me run now stealthily through... Stealthily, Chief. Oh, me now run stealthily through the underground. Huh. Or the underbrush. Hmm. I believe there's dirty work at the crossroads. You mean laundry again? They didn't take it this week. They sent it back. Well, well the joke stolen directly from the Ray Dory show. I heard it last week. Oh, no. Yeah. He makes Bob Delaney say those things. That's awful. Well, I think we've uh, stolen enough boys and girls on the, on the crummy bread account so to make us independently wealthy for like, you know, five or six minutes. By Christmas, we'll be rolling in wealth. <laughs> well, let me see what else we have in the, in the commercial line today. We have a very well, interesting commercial. <clears throat> Thank you, Ted, for bringing it up. Uh, we've really got news for all for all our Cynthia Sweets fans. <laughs> Come on over here, you Cynthia Sweets fans. Let's have hands on that. The Cynthia Sweets has perfected a new product which we know all of you will enjoy as much as we do. It's the Cynthia Sweets Coconut Cream Bar. Coconut Cream Bar. A delicious, pure coconut cream bar. Cynthia Sweets' own blend and formula which makes it the best-tasting five-cent candy bar your mouth has ever wanted for. Now, if you've tasted the rest, now taste the best. Yes, the Cynthia Sweets Coconut Cream Bar is a quality serving of candy backed by the fine name of Cynthia, famous in candy for over 50 years. You can get this new five-cent Cynthia Sweets Coconut Cream Bar at drug stores and candy counters everywhere. Ask for it. If your dealer has not stocked it as yet, we say demand it. Friends, if you've tasted the rest, now taste the best. Buy several bars at your favorite candy counter today and treat the whole family. The new five-cent Cynthia Sweets Coconut Cream Bar is a treat you just can't beat. Just be said, the Cynthia Sweets Candy Company is 50 years old, and we'd like to reenact in our historical pageant the beginning of the Cynthia Sweets Coconut Bar. It's many years ago, and two men are seated in the back room of an apothecary. One says to the other, Al, I think we ought to perfect the Cynthia Sweets Coconut Cream Bar. Okay, Al. Hand me that big ball and the, the hammer light. Right, okay. Now then, let me see. What, what do you like on a candy bar? Sugar? Lovely bunch of coconuts. Okay, we have coconuts. Uh, what do we wrap it in? Paper. All right, got to have something around that coconut. It'll run off. Chocolate. You don't want the, you see, uh, you run into a technical problem like uh, nobody wants the candy running out through the wrap, you know? Let's cover it with peanut butter. Ain't bad, ain't bad. Well, they did cover it with peanut butter, and years went by without them selling a single bar. They got together one night again and Hey, DuPont, come here. They called in some more learned advisors who told them, 
Well, she might, you know, <clears throat> what, what I'd suggest is this, you know, you take a coconut, see, and... Uh, We've already up. done that. Yeah, but you uh, didn't follow through on it. Now, you chop up the coconut and... Oh, you chop it up. Sure. That big whole thing is no good like that, and besides, you lose money for nickel. So they started chopping up the coconut. And cover it with something good like silk. And they covered it with silk. But years went by, and they didn't sell a single coconut bar. Years later, the Cynthia Sweet silk dress came on the market, covered with chocolate. They sold hundreds of them. However, the Cynthia Sweet candy people didn't make a thing out of it. It's a few years ago now, and the heirs of the Cynthia Sweet <laughs> originators... Well, the Cynthia Sweet coconut bar. Seeking up through our magic kitchen here. They're standing in their magic kitchen one night trying to think of how they can put out the Cynthia Sweet coconut cream bar and still make an honest scent. It can't be done. Years went by. About a year ago... Eddie, let's go to work. Okay. What do we start with? I don't know. We've been fooling around this candy idea. Why don't we make something everybody needs? Why don't we make cow's milk? I think you got something there. But how do we do it? That's up to you. You're the brain. I furnished the money. Years went by. Wasted years during which they tried to produce cow's milk. It was impossible, and so they decided on their original scheme of making a coconut cream bar. Suddenly, one day, breathlessly, I ran into the office and said, The place is on fire, Al. I raised out, taking with me none of the formulae which we had been working on for so many years. Burned to the ground, and there we were, down to our bootstraps again. In melted chocolate. It seemed like we'd never get ahead in this world. Neither of us had one, you see. Less than a year ago, we met again at a secluded rendezvous. Hey, Al, you still over the same place? Yeah. Uh, how's everything? Pretty good. Been I was thinking the other day we ought to make a coconut cream bar. Oh, we found out enough. We never went anywhere with that gimmick. Yeah, but people might buy them. Talking with a fellow the other day, he said it'd be a good idea to wrap it in chocolate and then put paper on it and make sure nobody's hands touches it. No way. Hey, let's try that. Particularly you, as I look at you. Yeah, I'll stand in front of the conveyor and keep my hands high in the air. Okay. Then we can say it's untouched by human hands. Good idea. So together we went back to our factory showroom. Where they were making mattresses in the windows at the time. And we decided that we would make it Cynthia Sweet's Coconut Cream Bar. The very same bar you can buy at your favorite candy counter now, and we're famous rich. So just remember, when you buy a Cynthia Sweet's Coconut Cream Bar... You buy history. Thank you and good night. Next week on Cavalcade of Sturdley, we will have the interesting story of the discovery of water and how it has affected all mankind. But now it's music for... Better things for better people through Sturdley forever and ever. It's Miserloo. Oh. Oh. Oklahoma from the title song, Little Texas.
Suppertime songs will continue in just a moment, but first, my announcer. Baby, it's cold outside, and it's time to put antifreeze in the car. I got news for all you listeners, this announcer's on his last leg. Or tractor. So I'll tell you about Neutro. The new Neutro is a scientifically improved permanent antifreeze that you put in your radiator once. You're not going to laugh. You're about freeze up. What last? Neutro gives you better, longer last. Do I sound like an orange juice announcer? No, you don't, Bob. Neutro gives you better, longer-lasting protection and saves you money, too, because it doesn't evaporate or boil away. And Neutro, as its name implies, is neutral, absolutely harmless to car finish and mechanical parts. Also, it's anti-rust. Neutro is a good product, folks. Folks, it's been tested and approved everywhere. And you get an unconditional guarantee of approved. Freeze protection with absolute safety. You put it in your automobile lane. Not as yet, Bob, no. You have it ready to put it. I have it ready. In fact, I'm holding it in my hands right now. Well, you'll be smart if you put in neutral now and forget about freeze-up. I have one thing. One question, sir. I want to put it in my cart. Now, where do I put it? Put it in the radiator, naturally. Where's that? In the back seat? It's in the front. The front seat? Mm. No radiators in my car, Mac. It's, uh, I think it's hot air heat. Well, then you won't need this, I don't believe. Okay. I haven't checked on it. Anything that. to save me a buck. <laughs> it's Neutral, permanent antifreeze. Now it's your favorite service station or garage, and if they don't have Neutral, call Arnco Auto Supply. If I they don't have it, insult them a little, and then call Arnco. Highlands 26420. Highlands 26420. I mean, oh. don't get in trouble or anything, but, you know, be smart about it. The Lincoln, Make a message. The Lincoln Oil Company in Boston has it, and you can get it from them. Let's call Arnco now. Here, hand me this magic phone. All right. You got a dial? The phone is ringing now at Arnco. Hello? Uh, hello? Hello, are you Arnco? Yeah. Hey, look, I'd like to get some of that there, Neutro. What do you want, a bat for your automobile? Neutro. Huh? Neutro antifreeze. Then you... Seat covers you want? No, thanks. See? Got plenty of seat covers right out here. You got a plenty of stock upstairs there. No, but I want Neutro. Uh, the magic antifreeze? Oh, Neutro. Yes, the Neutro, and it's... Magic antifreeze. Right. What station does he play on? No, no, you don't understand, sir. I heard two men on the Are radio. Are they with Phil Spitali? I don't know. I think he used to be. Neutro and her magic antifreeze? Yes. But anyway, sir, uh, you see... I have ever listened to her years ago. Yeah, it was a right great... Right after the Rubinoff show they used to be on. Incidentally, friends, Bob and I are handling Rubinoff in the East. Everything you read about Rubinoff, we write. Uh, but getting back to Neutro... Uh, where? Neutral. Yeah, I guess you got the wrong number, all right. Are you on co-auto supply? Oh, no. No. Well, well I, I won't... just kind of pulling your leg there for a while. I won't ask you who you are because I don't want to give you a free Well, it would be embarrassing if I told you. Okay. Okay. Don't ask me who I am. I just hung up. Oh. Oh, goodbye. That's the trouble with these magic phones. Uh, the other party never knows when you hang up. And they keep, they can keep talking Mm-hmm. And uh, it could lead to all sorts of trouble. Mm-hmm. It leads to uh, production uh, difficulties. Uh, difficulties. You should see the trouble that the producer of this program has. He never knows when he's got to open a mic. Why don't we bring him in for a moment and let him say right. a few words? Will you come in here, George? <laughs> George, I wonder if you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, how you got into this fascinating radio business, <laughs> and uh, some of the great shows you have done in the past. All right, take him back. Right. <laughs> Put him back in the jacket and uh, keep him out there for a while. Uh, cut his mic, Charlie, will you please? He shouldn't have left that open. 
Well, now, let's see. No more commercials. Well, the rest of the program is sustaining, and we will now devote to selling Bob and Ray. <laughs> we are definitely for sale beyond uh, anybody who's interested. We're good workers. We're, we're honest. We're able-bodied. <laughs> we're earnest and sincere. <laughs> He's and sincere. I'm earnest. And I'm sometimes very frank. Right. And we sometimes use the name Hale and Hardy. Sometimes uh, we use the name uh, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Once in a great while. Not very days are on the program. What if, uh, what, what should we do today, Bob, with all this time on our hands? I mean, uh, it isn't often that we have this much time. I know. We usually are so filled up with <laughs> commercial announcements and real I'm wondering what we should do. I'm wondering if you and I should form a quartet, the two of us, together. Well, we might be able to do that. What would we think? Let's harmonize. Have we got any music in Oh, you don't have that here. Wait a minute, Mr. Green Mr. is... Mr. Green may pull it out of his hat. You can't tell. No, he isn't. Well, that's an egg in his hat. So there was a magic show on here before us. Hmm? Oh, well, we... That's... that's We'll save that for later. Sure. That's a trade secret that, that we will divulge at a later point. Haven't you had anything we could sing that would be good? Well, no. <laughs> I, I know you don't. Well, exactly. introduce me. I'll analyze the day's news. All right, analyze the day's news, Sturdy. Oh, no, give me a better introduction than that. All right, here's our military affairs expert, George Fielding Sturdy. Corporal, please. Corporal. Good afternoon. I am the military affairs expert. I said that in your introduction. At this station. Well, General uh, Pickett made a mistake. Was uh, He should have fallen back on his flank and uh, should never have charged at that particular moment because their mothers had guns. Not him. A uh, problem of logistics. Well, why do you want military creatures? How does this affect the world scene? Not it. What? How, how does this all affect the world scene as we know it? The, the whole picture would have been different in that civil war had the South come up with the atomic bomb. Thank you. Your time is up, and you've, you've added a lot to our interesting discussion of military affairs. Fallout. Did you have Did you have one P.S. to add, a prediction of things to come? I will not be heard again. <laughs> I found about as uh, about ninety percent right, I think. Well, now we must definitely sign off. We, we want to thank all our friends up at the University of New Hampshire. Do we? Uh, Dick Philbin, who was chairman of the uh, Mary Margaret Magoon committee up there. Uh huh. Are they behind us one hundred percent? One thousand and one percent. The one percent is from Vermont. Well, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow at one o'clock, we should probably be back here at the same time. One o'clock. If we're all lucky, and uh, the way things have been going, we won't be. Charlie McCoy was our engineer. Wilson was at the organ, the great Wilson, sometimes called Ken, or by his wife, Hey You. Uh, Bill Green was, was at, at the, the pianola. Be sure to see Bill Green in his latest pictures. All those of you who have been writing in saying that we need a new organ and piano, we know that. It's just something we can't do a thing about. Our budget is low. But thanks again for everything you've done. For welcoming us into your little home. Oh, you are glad. It's been a pleasure to be sitting here. May I have a couple just a of few coffee. more cookies before we leave? And another donut, please. Thank you, madam. Good day to hang the washout, ladies. <laughs> hang by your thumb. And if you get worse, <laughs> be sure and write. Right there at work, Box 10, WHDH in Boston.
Fox 10 WHDH in Boston.